Hello and welcome to The Grid with me, Alexei Korolev. The Grid is a podcast for, with and about the global community of entrepreneurs hell-bent on social impact and innovation. They are the bright minds inspiring and driving change across civic society, academia and government. The Grid brings bright minds together, connecting the dots on the map. Last time we talked about doing good for your hood. We heard from a social networking site here in Vienna encouraging good neighborly relations, a fashion brand in Amsterdam turning troubled teens into designers, and a US lending platform that helps businesses find investment within their communities. In this episode, education. And I don't mean street education. In Brazil, those street smarts may often come in handy. This is a country with one of the highest rates of violent deaths in the world. Gang murders, killings by on and off duty police officers and robberies that end in fatalities are sadly the everyday scenes of life in South America's largest economy. On top of that, endemic government corruption, massive inequality and serious environmental problems. And as the country gears up for the Olympic Games this summer, just two years after hosting the Football World Cup, many Brazilians feel that radical change is needed. For weeks, Brazil has been consumed by allegations of corruption and bribery at the highest level, involving politicians and business leaders. One area where this change is needed the most, perhaps, is the civil service. Bloated, venal, utterly unappealing for the younger generation, it is crying out for a proper shake-up, or at least a bit of schooling. We teach public servants to do a better job. This is André Tamura. He's an educationalist, calm entrepreneur based in the coastal city of Florianopolis, where he runs a project called WeGov. WeGov means that all of peoples and entrepreneurs and even students can participate in, in public issues. Our mission is to empower the public agents and promote a proximity and you know, synergy among institutions. Because uh, the people treat government like uh, they don't know nothing, they, they don't have to participate in economic issues, you know. And we try to uh, break this wall. To that end, WeGov puts on workshops and events that aim to encourage civil servants in Brazil to make their work more effective and efficient. And there's already a growing fan base. Andrea proudly tells me that high-achieving students often come back to guide and instruct others. That's because WeGov's motto is learn by, by doing. doing. You know, public servants, they are really stigmatized. Uh, stigma, you know, stigma, the, the word stigma. And government uh, in Brazil especially has a fundamental participation in all sectors of our, our country. Obviously, that's related to political decisions that are not always the best for our population or the, that just benefit specific groups. We try to use uh, a lot of design thinking, a little bit of U theory from MIT and Otto Scharmer and Peter Sange. We, we are doing great. Uh, we are like a, a small company that make a huge noise over here. 
Olá pessoal, aqui é o André. Aqui é a Gabriela. Nós somos da UIGOV, um espaço de aprendizado em governo. Vamos mostrar para você como é a oficina social media gov. Consisting of André, his wife and four others, plus guest lecturers and coaches, UIGOV started small but is now making its impact felt. A recent training session, André says, affected as many as 11,000 people. Not combating red tape and corruption is a noble task, no question. But it can easily backfire. Just look at the opposition movement in Russia. WeGov too has got a taste of that medicine, Andre says. Yeah, for sure. That, that's an issue we face. We try to do everything correct. Everything, everything. Sometimes we face uh, situations that you have to, you know, uh, oh, now I'm blind and I don't want to hear, you know, about that. That's a very delicate situations. Even in our family, they are, oh, no, my, my, my son is going to be a corrupt right now. They are a close relationship with government and public servants. That's one thing we, we fought a lot, but we don't in, uh, intend to, to do nothing with the dark side of the force, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> we, we prefer to do small things, but correct, huge things that are suspect, you know. Andrea Tamura at Impact Hub Florianopolis trying to help Brazilian civil servants do a better job. From hot and bustling Florianopolis, let's go back to cold and phlegmatic Vienna, the home of this podcast, before heading somewhere sunny and warm again. Now, yes, Vienna has this reputation as a boring, stodgy old thing, the good old Vienna. But believe you me, there is a wackier side to it. Take a listen to this for example. Despite any amount of weird synthetic pop that it has produced, Austria, the whole continent really, would do well with a bit of image rebranding, something that Katarina Moser knows well. Katarina is what you might call an ur-European. An Erasmus year abroad during college, then a stint at the Austrian Foreign Ministry, then work at the British Council in London, followed by a job at the European Forum Altbach. Now at Impact Hub Vienna, she runs Mosaic, an agency for European-wide communication projects. One of these is a card game called Commonova. It works with fun facts about European countries, so really absurd stuff that you wouldn't have heard before. Um, and the idea is that um, you kind of get surprised by it, you might even get irritated by it, um, you might find out things about those countries that you wouldn't have expected. It might um, kind of uh, do something to the stereotypical ideas you have about these countries. And the idea is that it just kind of gives an initial starting point that then leads to further conversations about those countries and the experiences we've had there. And maybe we've been to some of those countries, we know people from there, and just make people talk about it in a rather um, light and enjoyable way. So why don't you demonstrate that? All right, let's play it. All right, let's describe what we're going to do now. I've got a normal pack of um, card games. How many are there, actually? Um, it's 55 cards. So just like to your Austrian uh, listeners, just like a schnapps game um, or a poker for the more international ones. All right, so um, those card games have two sides. And these are the two important elements of the game. On one side, you find funny situations, all right? 
Do you want to read them out? Yes, um, so one of those is this. I've been traveling all my life and I finally want a place to call home. That's one of those. And another one, I believe in reincarnation and need to work on my karma. So, for instance, these are two examples for the situations that we're dealing with. On the other side of the cards, you find fun facts about European countries. These are true, they are actually based on research and statistics, um, but there also might be, you know, things that you wouldn't have known about these countries. Like, shall we have a look? Okay, fun fact about Denmark. In Denmark, single people traditionally have pepper thrown at them on their 30th birthday. The custom has been expanded to give 25-year-olds a first taste with a dose of cinnamon. All right, so <laughs> for instance, something you probably didn't know, but that's actually quite entertaining. Um, all right, um, there is one situation player in each round. So let's say you are a situation player. Okay, and I pick a card, yeah? You grab a card. I'll get this one. Okay, I'm going to read out what it says. It says, I'm a screenwriter looking for ideas for a superhero. All right. Okay, let's say we have to have at least three players. So there is our imaginary friend here. Hello, Gab. And me. He's a bit quiet, so yeah. I'll start. So I've got two fun facts now. And what I have to do is I pick one of those fun facts that I think kind of suits better to your situation. And around this fact, I will create a story that will try to convince you to come on over to my country. Right. Without, and that's important, without mentioning which country I'm from. Okay. And you arguably have a better case than our invisible friend. I'm pretty sure we have a really convincing story, so let's see. Perfect. I think you should come on over to my country and get inspired there. Because I think two things that a superhero needs is, first, he has to be very self-confident. Um, and also, he has to be very sporty. He has to have power, you know. And I think you should actually get inspired for a figure who has exactly those two attributes in my country because we go sledging naked. All right, so you see, I come up with a stupid story. Our imaginative friend would come up with his, yes. with his story as well, but as I said, he's a bit quiet today. So you would have two stories at yes. least now to choose out of. Yeah, but in this case, I don't really have much of a choice. So I'm going to go with yours. Oh, do you, I, I suppose you just go with mine because my story was yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Of course. <laughs> All right, so what happens now? On your card, there is a suitcase. Yes. And as you're now actually symbolically traveling to my country, I receive your card and I keep it as a point. And the entire aim of the game is to collect suitcases and whoever's got three suitcases first wins. So I've got a point now and I'm the winner of the round. But still, you don't know where I'm from and exactly. where you're actually traveling to. So I'm now asking the entire round, also our invisible friend, um, where am I from? We go sledging naked. Where could that be? Um, it's possible to guess all 28 European Union countries. Feel free to guess as often as you want. Okay. What do you think? Uh, well, it's got to be somewhere in the mountains, right? Yeah. But then again, you know, you can go sledging on... Or at least it's got to be somewhere where there's snow. Oh, that's a good, good, good starting point. Um, <laughs> so that takes us sort of already in uh, middle Europa, as they say. Yes, that's very good. I would go Poland. No, um, but close to those and big country and probably one where you wouldn't expect it. Germany, is it? Ooh, it is. Oh, man. So I read out a bit more information to you. In 2009, the first naked sledging world championship took place in Braunlage in Germany. Only underpants, helmets and boots are allowed because of the great number of visitors it has since moved to a larger slope. <laughs> <laughs> 
So there you go. Good. It's it's not one of those kind of sledgehammer um, educational tools. It's really more supposed to be light and fun. And especially with the topic of Europe, we thought that's very much needed. Because the way how we actually came up with this uh, game was um, a friend of mine um, has a French publishing house. And he's been publishing games, kind of communication games and creative communication games for about eight years now. And we sat together, I think it was about two years ago, um, and he said, you're doing so much on the topic of Europe and I've got this game publishing house, but there hasn't been a single game on Europe that's actually fun. So on one hand, it's really supposed to be, you know, easy. And on the other hand, what we're trying to do with it is really offer it specifically to institutions who are working on the topic of Europe and who can need those kind of supportive tools because mostly people receive uh, Europe as a dry and difficult and complex uh, topic. Exactly, I mean, that's what I was going to say, because you said institutions, and that's a key word there, you mm. know, because to most people, to most outsiders, and even to most Europeans, I think, you know, the theme of Europe, that kind of idea, that belongs in institutions, you know, that belongs in Brussels, that exactly. belongs in Strasbourg, you know, and that's dusty, stodgy, old, uninteresting, and so on. So you're trying to bring back the spark to this. Yeah, definitely. I think we're really trying to uh, kind of pass on that Erasmus feeling to all those who haven't been on Erasmus. Because Europe, to me, is really about diversity and it's colourful and fun and enriching to learn about all differences, especially the differences. Mm. And now, of course, is a time of crisis for the EU Mm -hmm. because of um, the waves of uh, migrants and refugees coming to Europe, fleeing war and conflict in the Middle East and Africa. Um, so, do you think that this sort of thing, that game, and this sort of unifying idea of Europe is needed now, perhaps more than ever? I do think so, yes. Um, I have to say, though, that it was a bit of a difficult coincidence, well, if you can even call it like that, that by the time that I really started working with this game and really started spreading it, um, the refugee crisis hit Europe. And I had a game that's promoting a fun approach on Europe, and it's even called Come On Over. So that wasn't exactly, um, you know, the best coincidence. But then on the other hand, I really thought, no, it doesn't mean that I can't um, continue this this idea now, because it, as you say, it's more important than ever. Yes, it's only about the 28 European Union countries. But I believe if we don't even know anything about those 27 other countries and the people there and we don't even have the capacity to grow our empathy for those and deal with the differences that we already have within Europe how are we ever gonna be able to deal with the even bigger differences of people who are now coming uh, towards Europe so I still believe that it is important and also that um, that it's a starting point of course it's just a game it's not going to solve a crisis But in the end, we all have to start with those small steps. And it is a small step with a bigger vision, I think. Katarina Moser in Vienna with her quirky card game, Come On Over. Katarina's other projects include Who If Not Us, a collaborative booklet aimed at inspiring and empowering young Europeans, and Wallpaper for Refugees, a collection of 100 typical Austrian words and phrases printed out on large posters to help refugees coming to Austria get to grips with their new linguistic surroundings.
Now for our final stop, we are in Greece, a country that is, like Brazil, in financial disarray and, like Austria, deeply affected by the migrant crisis. My name is Lida. I am originally based in Athens, Greece. And among other things... In the capital Athens, Lida Tsene runs something called Athens Comics Library, a co-initiative between Comic Dom Press, an NGO she co-founded in 2004, and Impact Hub Athens. Apart from organizing the annual Comic Dom Corn Festival, Lida and her team teach various educational workshops for both adults and children with the help of, that's right, comics. Comics uh, have um, a superpower, not only to narrate the stories of superheroes, but also to transfer uh, knowledge. It's a medium that is very creative uh, because it combines images and text, images and a word. Uh, it also sparks creativity and imagination. And it has also the secret power to um, deliver messages for uh, difficult issues and challenging issues like uh, racism, uh, multicultural environment and other social skills. We also like the workshops normally begin with introduction of some basic technical elements of comic making and then... And then we go to actual uh, to actual work. So we give to children either a stimulation from a, a popular uh, hero. For example, we use a lot X Men talking about their stories and how they are accepted or not accepted by their society. We spark a conversation with children on how we accept our different skills and different powers, each one of us, and then we ask them to create their own mutant superhero, their own mutant hero, and create uh, teams, and we give them a challenge, a specific challenge, and where we ask them to find a, a solution to that challenge, uh, working as a team and using their different powers and skills. And it is amazing that many times kids tend to share through their stories issues that um, they're very critical to them, but they have never spoken to anyone uh, about it. For example, in 2009, we ran a series of workshops and in every single workshop, all the children somehow integrated in their stories the financial situation and the financial crisis in our country. This is uh, something that can uh, occur only through art. Mm -hmm. Well, you say that um, often issues of the day kind of find their way um, into the creations um, of the children. What about the migrant crisis uh, these days? I I is that present in, in what they do? Yes, it is. It is. We go to schools or schools visit us in our library and uh, more and more the classrooms are with mixed population. We had a, a workshop in uh, kindergarten and from the 25 kids attending the, the program, 20 spoke a different language. And um, I think this is something that we will see more of it uh, in the following uh, years. Lida and her team also cater for adults, mostly office workers and big firms and corporations, to help them communicate better across departments. Works like a charm, she says, even though grown-ups are more self-conscious about their artistic skills. 
uh, in the beginning with the adults we have some oh now what we're we gonna do and this is for children and we cannot draw and how can we draw but in the end and this is something really really magic you see them that uh, they give 100% of themselves to their creations and then they are very, very excited to share what they have done with uh, the other teams. And uh, this really sets them free in a way. I, I would just advise people to read more comics and, uh, <laughs> and let themselves be the creative uh, person we all are. We all are creative. Words of wisdom from Leader Tsene in Athens. That's all for this episode of The Grid. Thanks for listening. The Grid is brought to you by me, Alexei Korolev, and Milo Tesla. Our thanks again to our contributors, Andrea Tamura, Katarina Moza, and Leader Tsene. For more education within the Impact Hub Network, be sure to check out ULab, a course in the power of social change from the bright minds at MIT. If there are any interesting educational projects near you that you think we have left out, please drop us a line or share this on Twitter with the hashtag TheGrid02. We would also like to thank Lilith Aserian in Stockholm for The Grid's wonderful logo and visual identity, and Alexander Forstner in Vienna for The Grid's trademark music and sound identity. You'll find more information about both of them on our website, thegridpodcast.com. As always, we love hearing from you too, so please come forward with any comments or questions. Don't forget to subscribe to The Grid on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher or indeed any other podcast app of your choice. You can also sign up to our newsletter. And of course, make sure you like our page on Facebook for all the latest news and updates. Bye.